Well, welcome everyone to Healing Hope and Restoration. I'm Howard Love, and today I have a colleague with me. Uh, I've known Kevin for a long time. Uh, Kevin Sisko is uh, an addiction specialist here uh, in our practice, and uh, he and I both uh, treat multiple addictions, but uh, our main claim to fame is that we treat sex addiction. So welcome, Kevin. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Um, now, in terms of uh, sex addiction, you and I have had a lot of discussions over the years about the nuances of it and how it plays out in couples and how it begins in the first place. And so today we just want to have a conversation for our audience about how this really is a real thing. Oh, yeah. There are lots of things uh, that people can read about uh, denial of any problem in this area, yet people we talk to have real struggles once um, caught up in habitual patterns with sexual behaviors that uh, they really cry out for help. They do, and this has a profound effect on, on couple relationships. Um, yeah. Huge. I remember back in pastor days... Um, uh, a uh, young man that uh, was so dedicated in a variety of ministries, I could just count on him and uh, even count on him as a friend that uh, off uh, the church campus, that uh, in the community, we would see each other and do things together. And uh, one day he just approached me and I knew by the look on his face, this wasn't uh, uh, a Bible study we we're going to be talking about or uh, <laughs> another uh, ministry effort. He came and the look of desperation said, I have a problem with pornography, and um, not only did he say it, but like he was walking towards me, he grabbed me around the shoulders. It was probably the longest, most uncomfortable hug I've ever had, you know, because uh, I'm not a real hugger, you know, mm -hmm. but he was in a, he was just coming to that place of desperation to say, I need help. And I was beginning then to get more involved and say, not just pastoral, like short-term counseling work, but uh, even looking towards what would help people with a longer view in counseling work and got more training. Uh, eventually, you know, then in full practice, saw how many couples are impacted by all of this and decided to get even more specific training in this area also. Yes, and if, if you're struggling with this issue as you're listening to us, please look for someone with credentials in this area. Um, that's vital because Kevin and I have training through the International Institute of Trauma and Addiction Professionals, and that is an excellent organization. There, there are some others, but uh, we carry uh, letters after our name that give us the ability to treat this because this is a very unique problem. Yes, um, several decades ago, Pat Carnes, uh put words and research together to describe this problem out of his own personal experience. And others who were impacted by this were real pioneers in the area of recovery from sexual behaviors that are unwanted. Well, you know, Kevin, it can start in any number of ways. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you and I are old enough where we didn't have the iPhones and the smartphones. And, uh, if either of us ever run into it is by accident with one of our buddies, dad's had it around or some kind of thing. And, you know, in my, my own story, the reason I get this, uh, Kevin, is that in my, my own story is that, um, I never saw the, the images. I didn't have access to them, but unfortunately found people to act out with. 
Mm-hmm. And, and so I knew then at mm-hmm. 19 years old, I had a problem, but I didn't know what to do about it. Mm-hmm. And of course, back in the seventies, nobody was doing anything about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, mm-hmm. that's just normal for you, mm-hmm. you know? And some of that still exists today, but you and I have worked with couples long enough to know that, wow, this disrupts marriages. Yeah, I wasn't really, uh, I was just practicing general counseling overall, got training in that and just saw how often these themes came up, how much it impacted personal lives and marriages and uh, not only marriages, but then families just... um, because I had people coming in my office uh, about, you know, others that were acting out and the ways that their lives were impacted. So with all of that, I just couldn't deny the themes that were going on uh, when I was um, studying more of general counseling. That was when, <clears throat> say, computers, uh, laptops, then the transfer to tablets and iPhones, uh, handheld devices, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, was carrying on and uh, literature wasn't even addressing that yet you know it was uh, still about uh, you know having uh, pornographic magazines or uh, maybe a video but man the just the literature had to catch up with all of this it did you know the technology piece and as is the case most of the time technology is way ahead of the moral and ethical ability of mankind to deal with it that's usually the case (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And then we have people coming in for help, crying out for help, needing, you know, specific help, whatever their storyline was of how they got to that point. And often, you know, beyond the addictive behaviors, the theme of where's the pain, you know, yes. the pain of traumatic experiences early in life. Um, I've had clients that couldn't quite put their finger on uh, what would be a traumatic experience. But just in the struggle with uh, viewing pornography, having been, you know, introduced to it in some way, uh, just the experience of being caught in that and preoccupied with it and all the fantasies that go with it and the desperation of what's going on, what's wrong with me, why can't I make a change myself? And that's been described enough of a traumatic experience right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, painful experience it brings up the sense of shame yes. i'm unusual i'm broken i'm different than others unique no one would want to deal with me if they really knew me and uh, we've got the conditions right there of uh, an addictive pattern yeah absolutely and you eloquently described what you and i deal with which is that cycle mm-hmm. uh, you know of acting out where mm-hmm. i get preoccupied um I'm thinking about how I'm going to do it. I start to fantasize. I push past fantasy and then come into reality and act out. Then I feel the shame. Mm -hmm. Then I ask the questions that you just posed, uh, if I'm that person. Mm -hmm. And then I make a promise to stand down and never do it again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The despair, you Mm -hmm. know, motivates a person to make a commitment and the commitments are broken. Then if secrets are revealed or discovered by a partner uh, or disclosed by the person, then there's the, say, the double um, conundrum of a, say, a commitment to personal, you know, values and things and a commitment to another, but the addictive pattern continues and the commitment's broken, then there's a relationship at risk. Yes, and and so to, to 
I want to get into that, Kevin, to back up just for a minute. You know, it's, it's the idea that addiction is the inability of me to stop a behavior Mm-hmm. That is becoming problematic and troublesome in my life, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And and so, you know, people say, how can you have sex addiction? We know we can have, you know, alcoholism and I can get hooked on marijuana and I can get hooked on cocaine and opioids and et cetera. Mm-hmm. But sex is different, one, because it's a normal biological process. Mm-hmm. But of mm-hmm. course, too much of one thing is too much. And then there's mm-hmm. the the effects that it has on, on the partners, right? Exactly. Yeah. So I want to go down that road with you for a moment because you've probably heard this. Um, wives will say, why am I not enough? Um, you know, I, I'm willing, you know, to have sex with him. Why, why in the world would he go somewhere else? And, you know, when, when partners start to ask those questions, uh, let's just kind of tell our audience kind of the road that we try to guide them down when they start asking those questions because they feel inadequate at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's a common pattern. Another area, say, uh, a person fully dedicated to work, they're preoccupied with work, all their hours, you know, uh, dedicated to work, and um, a partner could ask, am I not enough, you know, to spend time with in the evening or a significant weekend event, etc. So it happens in other areas besides, uh, say, unwanted sexual behaviors. Uh, the work culture can be so influential. Um the bottle, as we talk about alcoholism, right? right. What's wrong right. with me? The bottle is uh, more important than you yes, know. yeah. So, it's just uh, how these patterns play out, and why multiple addiction training yeah. is so necessary. That uh, we could focus on one, and then there's uh, multiple addictive patterns going on, and then the patterns that influence impact partners most of all. Yeah, when it impacts those partners. You know, the interesting thing about that is, you know, those feelings of not being enough, you mm-hmm. know, and you and I have both been in the pastorate. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I think both of us at tw- 23 years at one point. Mm-hmm. And then I did something I said I would never do again. I'm doing it again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that happens. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we won't go there, but yes, it <laughs> happened. Um is that sometimes pastors who don't understand this and Mm -hmm. elders who don't understand this will tell wives, well, just go to Victoria's secret and get something really swanky and just turn him on and that'll be enough. Mm -hmm. But but it's not enough because Mm -hmm. as you and I have noted, Mm -hmm. this isn't about intimacy. It's only about sex and the relief that it brings. So Intimacy and closeness is very different than it can be very different than just having sex. Right. It's been seen over and over again that um, fantasy, preoccupation and fantasy with sexual behaviors uh, and then acting out on that and with self is um, a pattern that actually gets in the way of intimacy with another mm-hmm. so much that it could prevent um uh, intimacy and uh, some might say oh that's an older adult problem but unfortunately younger adults are impacted by all this with the technology that's available mm-hmm. um, that uh, they're just uh, by habit 
accustomed to another way of experiencing sex, and then when it's meant to be shared with a partner, it's not as, um, say, pleasurable. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not as, um, say, intimate. And it's, that's why the, all of this is called an intimacy disorder. It is. And I, I'm thinking back to, and I, I don't want to be critical now because I saw the movie twice and I thought it was good. But if you go back to the movie Fireproof, there's only one part of that that really bothered me. It's not as simple as taking your computer out in the driveway and beating the tar out of it with a baseball bat. Uh, I wish it were that easy, but you and I have worked with addicts long enough to know that that typically is not how you're going to stop doing it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> there can be a source that's uh, influenced somebody's mind, and but the patterns are still there in the mind. The baggage is still there. Um, that's why we call the pathways in the brain right? Yes. that are yes. there and established and uh, you can, yeah, you can break your computer in the driveway and you're going to still going to take your brain with you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Wherever you go, there you are. Right. Mm-hmm. That's um, right. so, you know, a couple of the things that Kevin and I put into place for clients to help them is that one, we take them through good material. Uh, Dr. Ted Roberts material from pure desire is good. Uh, what Dr. Carnes produces through ITAP is excellent. Um, out of the shadows, uh, the facing the shadows workbook, uh, pure desire by Ted Roberts. There's just a number of, of books available. If you go online that you can find them, we take them usually through some bibliotherapy. Uh, we like to plug them into a 12 step meeting, uh, an essay meeting. And actually one of those meets here, uh, at our practice, uh, very early in the morning. And, and then we try to get an accountability person, and sometimes we try to get blocking software, get them to do that and put it on their, you know, their devices. So those are all kind of things that we do to try to help steer guys in a, in a pure direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dr. Kevin Skinner is doing significant work. I just thought of his writings this morning uh, on the way here uh, and the morning thunderstorm that approached and uh, overcame us. That Dr. Skinner writes about uh, Buffalo Up, that his uh, groups. Oh, I like that. Yeah, his groups are about uh, the tendency that's noted out on the out on the plateau that uh, when a storm approaches, cows run the other way. You know, typically mm-hmm. out on the west, the storms come from the west to the east, and the cows are headed east. And unfortunately, their choice uh, uh, means that they're going to be in the storm longer. And they're going to have to endure uh, this misery longer. But the buffalo, um, they look like uh, they're unaware of surroundings. But uh, when the storm approaches, they actually face the storm, run towards the storm, get through the storm sooner. And Dr. Skinner's analogy there is that uh, these resources, these uh, recovery plans, Mm-hmm. including individual therapy, group therapy, uh, peer support groups. All of these resources help a person yeah. face the storm, get through the hard stuff. It takes time. It takes effort. There are miserable moments, but uh, there's recovery on the other side for the person and more and more resources available for partners and marriages now. Couples are uh, encouraged and helped, and it's just the idea of face it let's work towards it and uh, an important moment when a client comes for help is uh, are they ready 
Are they right. willing right. to turn towards the storm and face it? Because there's a lot they don't know. There's mm-hmm. a lot that uh, they need to learn. And um, we've come to learn through the training, through experience with clients, some of the ways that unique individuals and situations can be uh, directed towards the storm, through the storm, and the recovery, the blessing of recovery. I like that, Kevin. I think that's a beautiful analogy he uses. Um, vivid, you yeah. know. I grew yeah. up on a farm, and uh, Holsteins showed that same kind of problem, you know. They'd <laughs> go away from it, and they're in it longer, you know. Uh, but the buffalo, yeah, the buffalo, they got courage, right? Takes courage. Uh, it takes... Um, you know, a certain amount of um, determination. Um, and we know most people come in with what we talk about as a motivation from the bottom up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the least mm-hmm. level of motivation. Mm-hmm. They got caught. They're going to maybe lose their marriage. They're going to lose their job, possibly. Um, mm-hmm. In some cases, maybe there's legal issues involved. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But at any rate, you know, even if they come in under that, which they do most of the time, um, there's the hope that it'll eventually mm-hmm. flip from the top down in which they have full and complete motivation. And, mm-hmm. you know, the men that we've seen come through these uh, programs that you and I have put together, mm-hmm. they eventually get there mm-hmm. and they get into recovery. Mm-hmm. That's the good news. Yeah. The benefit of uh, going through this for a few years is seeing people that have um, uh, faced the storm are on the other side. Uh, reaching out, helping others, uh, it's, it's incredible to see. So before we close, we'll just kind of help everyone understand. So you say sex addiction. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's not the same as perpetration. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. someone aggressively perpetrating on someone else. Mm-hmm. This is a voluntary act that, mm-hmm. that people participate in. Mm-hmm. So, you know, excessive masturbation, going to strip clubs, having affairs, mm-hmm. uh, viewing, you know, mm-hmm. pornography in all forms. And that would all comprise the concept of sex addiction. Okay. Correct. Yeah. We've had um, training to uh, differentiate between what is, a, say, unwanted sexual behavior that it's addictive and then truly offending behaviors which requires right. other levels of treatment. Absolutely. And those levels of treatment, um, you and I don't delve into because that takes a whole different mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. academic track to treat that. Mm-hmm. But they're compassionate, and helpful people that have uh, been just as dedicated to that field. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they're out there. They and are. Uh, if yep. anybody's listening and needs that help, mm-hmm. please find that help mm-hmm. uh, because help is available. That's right. Mm-hmm. There is hope. Mm-hmm. Well, folks, um, what a pleasure to have you here. Do you have any final comments before we wrap up, Kevin? Anything you want our audience to know? Um, just the idea that uh, for whatever uh, challenge may be in a person's life, to kind of face the storm, uh, trust the uh, companionship of a therapist, another that might come alongside to help, um, that's uh, God's provision that uh, when a person's alone and the sense of shame, brokenness comes over, that uh, there are others who want to help. And uh, that uh, by God's provision, uh, that help is uh, available for progress and recovery. 
God is a gracious God. Mm-hmm. He's a loving God. Mm-hmm. And as David eloquently wrote, forgives us as far as the East is from the West. Amen. That's right. Mm-hmm. Well, folks, thank you for joining us today. Uh, this is Howard Love signing off. God bless and shalom. The information contained in our podcast and on our social media pages is for informational purposes only. All views expressed are solely those of the individuals involved and do not represent the opinions of any entity whatsoever with which we have been, are now, or will be affiliated. The information is not meant to diagnose or treat any mental health condition. If you are experiencing mental health symptoms, we encourage you to contact a mental health provider in your community. If you are experiencing a mental health emergency, please call 911 or go to the nearest emergency room.